Hello, friend. Thanks for joining me today on Making Disciples Naturally, the podcast of the Kansas Communities Ministry. My name is David Dennis, and I'd just like to share with you a few thoughts that have been going around in my mind since all this coronavirus pandemic has come about. The question has come up more than once, is this the end? Is this the end? You know, I grew up in the era of the song, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. Talked about the rapture and leaving one person and taking one away. And also grew up in the era of Hal Lindsey's Late Great Planet Earth. I remember thinking in high school that, yes, I wanted Jesus to return, but maybe not quite yet. I wanted to grow up, get a job, get married, and have children. So I wasn't quite ready for his return at that point. I also remember a movie I saw about the rapture and tribulation. It was enough to scare anyone into heaven. I know they had good intent, of course, but it was scary. So the question is, is the current coronavirus pandemic setting the stage for end-time events? You know, Jesus spoke in Matthew 24, which we call the Olivet Discourse, because he spoke it on the Mount of Olives, looking toward the city of Jerusalem. Matthew 24, verses 1 through 8 from New King James Version says, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered him and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. I looked up the word pestilence in Vine's Bible Dictionary. And it said, a pestilence is, quote, any deadly infectious malady, end quote. Well, it certainly fits the description of the coronavirus pandemic, it seems to me. It is a deadly infectious malady. LifeWay Research did a survey of 1,000 pastors in evangelical and traditionally black churches Um the methodology they used, they did a phone survey of a 1,000 pastors from evangelical and historically black denominations between January 24th to February 11th, 2020. So interestingly, this survey occurred prior to the coronavirus pandemic spreading throughout the world. I wanted to just share you some of the findings they, they had from that survey. Uh, one is, are there are any of these types of current events, birth pains, that Jesus was referring to when he asked when he was asked by his disciples, when would he return? And among the pastors, 83% said the rise of false prophets and false teachings would be a sign of his soon return. 81% love of many believers growing cold. 79% said the traditional morals becoming less accepted. 78% wars and national conflicts. 76% said earthquakes and other natural disasters. All these would be signs of Jesus' coming, soon coming. I'm going to quote from the article here, and you can find it on lifewayresearch.com. 
Uh, again, this is from early 2020. It was just published on April 7th, 2020. Quote, almost nine in 10 pastors see at least some current events matching those Jesus said would occur shortly before he returns to earth, according to a new survey focused on Christian eschatology or the study of end times. A study from Nashville-based Lifeway Research of pastors at evangelical and historically black churches found 97% say they believe Jesus Christ will literally and personally return to earth again. Quote, while Christians prepare to celebrate Jesus' resurrection, many pastors believe they see signs his return may be close, said Scott McConnell, executive director, Lifeway Research. These sentiments were expressed in January before the prospect of a global pandemic became known. The article goes on to say, In Matthew 24, Jesus' disciples asked him about signs of his coming, and he responded by speaking of birth pains that would precede his return. Daryl Bach, New Testament Studies professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, noted that the Bible has several lists of potential signs of Jesus' return, like the Olivet Discourse passages of Matthew 24 and 25, Mark 13, and Luke 21, and include some sorry, and include concepts of global sicknesses. Quote, numerous biblical texts speak of disturbances in the creation that disorient and trouble people, said Bach. These disturbances have quite a range with earthquakes and wars being the most common. However, Jesus mentions plagues or pestilence explicitly in Luke 21, as well as uh, Matthew 24, end quote. Uh, the way I read my Bible, I think... Uh, that there will be a rapture of the church when uh, people are met, or people will meet Christ in the air. Uh, this is called the Blessed Hope in Titus two thirteen. Let me read from Titus two eleven through thirteen from King New King James Version. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Paul was saying that we should look for that blessed hope, which he says is the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians three eleven through 13 Paul goes on to say, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So Paul is teaching that at some point in the future, Jesus will return with all his saints. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18, of course, is the classic passage about the rapture. It says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. So, is this, is this the end? Are these the end times? 
You know, my pastor used to say as I was growing up, even if the end of the current world order is not yet, we don't know about our own end times. You know, I'm approaching 70 years of age, which I don't feel like I'm approaching 70 years of age, but but I am. I caught a picture of myself on our home monitoring system recently, and I thought, who is that old guy with the gray hair? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. There are still many things I want to do, um, you know, and, and sometimes I get afraid, oh, I'm not going to be able to accomplish everything that I want to accomplish. Um, I realize that there's more more sand in the bottom of the hourglass than there is yet to fall. But I was listening to a speaker today on a podcast. The speaker's name is Greg Kokel. That's K-O-U-K-L. First name, Greg Kokel. The podcast is called Stand to Reason, which I would highly recommend. Um, I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but most of the things I do agree with. And he's, he's an excellent apologist. Uh, he takes phone calls and answers people's questions. He reminded me today that our end is not really approaching. Our personal end is not really approaching. No, in fact, he says this is just the beginning. If you've believed in Jesus alone for eternal life, you have a fantastic future ahead of you. The Bible teaches that we will have work to do in heaven. You know, so rather than looking at this as the end of our life, as believers, we have hope in the fact that this is simply the beginning of a great new age for us. What about the idea of what are we going to do in the new age? Well, in Genesis 2.15, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, uh, it says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. He had work to do. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. He was quoting Isaiah 64.4. And then in Hebrews eleven sixteen, the writer says, But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. We have a fantastic future ahead of us. Second Timothy two eleven through 12 talks about the fact that, quote, This is a faithful saying, For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. I don't know what reigning with him means. It could mean additional responsibility in the coming kingdom. Probably does mean that. may mean being in like uh, the president's cabinet, that idea. In any event, if we endure to the end, we will have a greater possibility of serving Jesus in a more intimate way, of having fellowship with him and reigning with him in the new age. I found this interesting from John Morris with Institute for Creation Research on his website. The title of the article was, Will, Will We Have Any Work in Heaven? So John Morris says, quote, As it relates to work, we note that Adam was given work to do. It was not burdensome, but enjoyable and rewarding, seeing the fruit of his labors blossom in caring for the garden, Genesis 2.15. It was a responsible job, for God had made him the steward of his creation. We aren't told what would have resulted had Adam been obedient, but he was the steward of the entire planet and potentially beyond. What responsibility will we be given in eternity? Scripture only reveals that, quote, his servants shall serve him, Revelation 22, 3, end quote, in heaven, and that he who has been faithful over a few things, I will make ruler over many things, Matthew twenty five twenty three, end quote. 
So rather than looking at our current life as the end, we really need to look at it as just the beginning. Our future is here on the new earth in the kingdom of God, which is yet to come. But sadly, we know that not everyone will be in Jesus' kingdom. What is required to be in his coming kingdom? I think the Bible makes it clear that we need to believe in Jesus for eternal life. John 3.16, according to the New King James Version, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's a familiar passage, isn't it? God is promising that if we believe in him, we will not perish but have everlasting life. What a fantastic promise that is. Another one very clearly, John 6.47 says in New King James Version, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. End quote. And of course the familiar passage, John 5.24, New King James Version says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. End quote. So what are some take-home messages from what we've talked about today? I think there are three. Number one, as people are more and more worried about the pandemic and there's a lot of suffering going on, a lot of loss of jobs, a lot of loss of income, a loss of stability, just uh, really an unknown future. And what will the future be like? I think this is an excellent time that the Lord has provided to talk about more eternal things with our friends, our family, maybe our neighbors as we're taking a walk. Along with that, we want to have our eyes open to the needs around us. There are a lot of not only emotional needs, but physical and financial needs. And this may be the time when the Lord is calling us to reach out to our friends, our neighbors, even our relatives to help them in some concrete um, physical and financial way. Coronavirus does seem to fit the definition of a pestilence, and it may be an opportunity where we can go deeper with those that we love. Number two, it's an excellent time to share our faith with others and to proclaim the biblical truth that we can have the wonderful gift of eternal life by placing our faith in Jesus alone for eternal life. So not only can we raise spiritual issues and deeper thoughts, but also we can take it as an opportunity to tell people about Jesus' promise of eternal life for those who simply believe in him for that. Number three, we ourselves can be encouraged that this could be the beginning of a wonderful future for the believer in Jesus Christ. No, it's not the end when we think of it as the end. It's, it's really the beginning of something grand and glorious. So is this the end of the world as we know it? I don't know. Uh, I do think that Jesus could return at any time. I think that the rapture will happen. I think his return is imminent and that the rapture uh, of the church is our blessed hope according to Titus 2.13. But none of us knows if it could be our own personal end. Rather than, however, that being a downer, I want to encourage you today that for the believer who has placed their faith in Jesus alone for eternal life, we know that our best days are ahead and that this is only the beginning. Praise the Lord. If you have any questions or concerns or comments about what I've talked about, I would just urge you to contact us through radio at kansasnavs.org. That's radio at kansasnavs.org. Also, check our Facebook page, which is under the title Kansas Communities Ministry, and our webpage, kansasnavs.org. 
I'll look forward to talking to you next time on Making Disciples Naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.